Hello, ACL Nation. Welcome back in to another episode of Bagging and Bragging. It's episode 44, coming off of a very full Thanksgiving weekend. I don't know about you, Mish. I pigged out. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Special guest today, Austin Renard from Kill Shots. Going to talk to him about his journey back into the pro division. Got a special mindset with Mish to help uh, people suffering basically from the seasonal depression that most of us and myself are going through. And then we um, have our game at the end of the show. But before we get started, Mish, how you doing? I'm doing good. I did not pig out on Thanksgiving food what? because it's not good. <laughs> I pigged out. I, I mean, I ate normal amount, but I think the difference between this year compared to previous years was there wasn't a whole lot of appetizers. There was like kind of like, a, I guess, a charcuterie board, but a very elaborate yeah. one. Um, but that was kind of it. Like not, so that's not like a heavy appetizer. So I felt like I ate my normal amount that I would ever eat at any other dinner. Uh, but when there's been like so many appetizers in the past, I'm like, that's what I'm like. Uh Oh, <laughs> yeah. For, for me, we did the Thanksgiving breakfast. I talked about that. So we did the Thanksgiving breakfast. Uh, we'll kind of get in the bragging, I guess already. So my casserole that I made was a huge success. Um, I, Followed the recipe to a T. It was actually pretty simple, and everybody loved it, except for my brother, who doesn't like peppers or onions. And I was trying to figure out a way to do, like, half pepper, half onion, or no onion, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but then, like, the the recipe called for me, like, mix everything up in a bowl. So I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. it's, it's just screwed. I'm just not going to tell him. He took, two, <laughs> he took two bites. He's like, mm-mm, done. <laughs> so, like, can't fool me. Yeah, but um, <laughs> that we basically ate that for like the next two days. I mean, we, we all, we all just kind of pigged out on it. I made a lot. Um, so it was a big success, but since we did the breakfast, we went to, um, the, our local moose tournament on Sunday, I think it was, or Saturday or Sunday, either way. And they had like a buffet and I'm kind of hesitant on buffet food. Some yeah. most of the time, you know, but it was actually really, really good. They did a great job with the Turkey that was in there, the mashed potatoes, the gravy. I mean, everything was good. So that's when I pigged out. I didn't really pig okay. out for our Thanksgiving. It was delayed. But so, yeah, I was like missing that part of my Thanksgiving. So whenever I finally got a little taste of it, and since it's a cornhole tournament, like a potluck, I mean, yeah, you know, 30 people bring in something there. I'm like, ooh, I want to try that. Ooh, I want to try yeah, that. Yeah, a bite of that. everything. Yeah, so that's what got me the, the blind draw tournament that we did there. But That, that makes sense. I yeah. mean, overall, the whole week. Uh, I don't know. Well, it was actually really fun. So on Wednesday, they had Home Alone trivia at the bar down the street and Rome is obsessed with Home Alone. And so are my friend's kids. And so we all there was 20 of us. Not we were all in separate teams, but we took up like half the bar, our like crew. And there's like we had the kids table and it was really fun. Um, Everyone's mad at me because, well, I'll, I'll ask you in the first Home Alone. How old is Kevin? It's 10, right? No, he's no? kind of the second one. Okay. Uh, so in the second one, he says, like some, when they ask him if he's alone, he's like, I'm a 10-year-old, blah, blah, blah. Right, so right. I said he was nine because that would be one year. He was eight. So I don't know who messed up there with the age, but my whole uh, team was mad at me because I was adamant that he was nine. Uh, however, Rome, because the kids had their own team, got that one right. So he had oh, that, nice. that on top of me. But that was really fun. And then uh, Thanksgiving Day, we had it at four o'clock at my in-laws at Nick's parents' house. So in the morning, we went to my best friend's house for a champagne breakfast, um, play cornhole, relax, and uh, had some really good food. Her husband made a frittata that was delicious. And okay. um, we opened one of the bottles of champagne that we bought when we went wine tasting in Calistoga. So um, that was really fun. So Yeah, overall, I think it was a great Thanksgiving break and lots of fun things to do. And then 
Friday. Yeah, the day after Thanksgiving, we watched Christmas movies all day, Rome and I. And then I like I literally didn't move. <laughs> and then Saturday, we went up the hill and cut down our Christmas tree. We went up pretty high. We drove about two hours like up the mountain. And Are you actually up. go cut your own tree down and tie it to the roof of the car and all that? Yeah, every year we cut our tree down. Yeah, it's nice. like it, it's cool because it's like t- it's a ten dollar permit, um, and then we get a tree that would normally cost you know hundred plus dollars, um, and then it's a whole day. So we start off at Nick's aunt's house, who lives uh, in it's called Sterling City, and it's pretty high elevation. It's on the way up the mountain, and then we normally do breakfast there, but she's remodeling her kitchen, so no breakfast, which I was not prepared for. I was prepared to pig out at breakfast, so I had no yeah. food. I was like, uh oh. Um, then we we head up and we were the only truck. Everyone else had razors. So we were like, okay, we didn't get the memo about the razor thing. <laughs> so we were like slow truck in the back of the caboose. But um, you, got, you got to buy one for next year now. I don't like, uh-uh, I'm not free. They offered me a seat in one. I'm like, I don't want to freeze. They're open. We're up in the mountains, like 30 degrees. <laughs> That's crazy. I always, think, I always think California is like all hot. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we are up high yeah. elevation. This is normally it's snowing, but we didn't get snow this year. I think we've only cut down our Christmas tree without snow once. Um, so it's the second time, no snow. But Rome wanted to. So Rome was out in the freaking cold and a razor. He was happy. I nice. brought him a blanket, but I was like, I'll be in my car. Thank right. you. With my hot cocoa. Leave me alone. Absolutely. Um, so then we get there and they they build a fire and they had all kinds of somebody was making hot dogs and there was a, tons of food. and. We just hung out and then chopped on our tree and head home. So that's always our fun tradition to, uh, on nice. Saturday after Thanksgiving. Nice. Yeah, I was actually uh, kind of happy with what I did this last weekend. I mean, we'll kind of get into a little bit more during the uh, game night or game portion of the show. Sorry. Game night. Yeah, we did have a little game night with the kiddo and her boyfriend and stuff. We played Cards Against Humanity. It was funny. Um if you know that game, you know. So you can yeah, that's a the way to break the ice. My daughter had one question, and we all just bombarded her with the worst possible card. She's like, I don't want to read any of these in front of you guys. I was so like, uncomfortable. You have to. And then, like, my other niece was like, you know, she's like not old enough to play adult games, but we let her in. She's like, I don't know. Can I read this? I was like, we just say the first letter of the word. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, we, we had some fun with it, but it was nice to get back to playing game night. Um, but um, other than that, man, we had basically arts and crafts at the Castler house. Um, nice. It was really cool. I got my totes in, so getting ready for Australia. You know I me; mean? I got to be a little extra. So oh, geez. you got the you got the foam. You can pull apart the foam and shape it however you want. It's not good enough for me. I wanted to go and get like some black felt and shape it to my cameras and shape it to oh geez like my clamps and then i wanted to line it so we're we're out here hot gluing um we're, we're spray <laughs> oh, gluing that's been my arts and crafts time i got it yeah we're we're like doing the dang thing and like it took two days to get this one oh i did not have that patience we got so carried away into it to the point where we're trying to like okay this is good how can we make it better you know so <laughs> we we basically cut up the old camera boxes into like itty bitty squares and then we took the squares, we taped it together, put the felt on the outside, and then folded it up into a cube. Oh my so that goodness. way we can drop the camera in there and it hugs it. It's tight. Like it, it's, it's really, really detailed. It's, it's real protected. It's stupid. And then I I was like, I'm tired of this bag laying around. So I'm gonna go ahead and I put all my patches on like a little oh. canvas. Yeah. And we got to hang out with the niece and she wanted to do some painting on some canvases and stuff too. So Oh, that's fun. I forgot yeah. to tell you we did do game. We did Gester. Have you played Gesters before? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we Stephanie brought Gesters over and the funniest thing. So Rome loved it. And so he wanted to be the one like acting out the thing. So 
he gets over there and he does he like standing he like puts his his like like this he's like looking up at the sky he's like looking at his pretend watch and going like this and we're like guessing and guessing and then i go ron what was that he goes waiter (laughs) 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 so he he was trying to look like he was waiting yes (laughs) waiting for something to happen he doesn't know what a waiter is i'm like (laughs) <laughs> so we all start laughing. He has no idea why it's funny. Oh, poor kid. <laughs> like, those, oh, those are so fun, cute. man. I miss game night so bad. I mean, just like we used to always have game night on Thanksgiving. It, back in the day, I'm, I'm getting into the game ahead of us, but back in the day, we would have game nights. Like the family would come over. I'll never forget my cousin and my grandma just yelling at each other at the top of their lungs over poker. I mean, you know, Monopoly just gets out of control. But, you know, this was like back when like people were smoking in houses. Like it was it was a typical old Thanksgiving. You know, you see like the uh, that terrible print on couches, you know. Yeah. yeah. Everybody had the same couch. You know what I mean? And you would basically all just hang out. Yeah. You just hang out there and everyone had just you know the best time pigging out they would hate each other during game night at the end of the night <laughs> hug each other all right love you have a good one we'll see you later so monopoly infuriates me so i yeah. i am like that but we actually play games quite a bit not necessarily like nick and i but uh rome and i play a lot of games and then my friend justine and i we play games all the time she came over two weeks ago and we just sat and went through every single category list all 15 of them we just <laughs> sat there and played categories for like two hours love it so- we're Love big it. into that. We like Mexican train dominoes a lot. We play that yeah. one pretty regularly. Okay. Um, but we do a lot of games. Rome really likes uh, Uno. I mean, that's like his yeah. go-to. And him, he, and my father-in-law is teaching him cribbage, which I don't even know how to play, but Rome I does. Love, I love cribbage. We'll yeah. Um, he was playing it on Thanksgiving. I'm like, I don't even know how to play this. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break and uh, come back with our interview right after this. So it is time to bring on our guest. It is going to be like Wally said, Austin Renard of Kill Shots. How about that timing? It's like <laughs> it's like we know what we're doing. Uh, Austin is the owner of Kill Shots. Uh, check out those bags if you haven't. He'll, we'll make sure we ask him some questions about it so you can learn more. And he's also uh, coming back as a pro this year. So we'll talk to Austin. Welcome to the show. Uh, how's it going, guys? What's Good. up, buddy? Hard at work in the office again. Yeah, usually. <laughs> Got to sneak away for a little bit today, though, so it'll work out. Oh, so I bet you're actually happy to be in the office right now. Outside, Mish, they got snow up there. He's he's posting on Snapchat how he hates the weather all the time. Oh, <laughs> man, I love snow so much, but I know I, do. I live in California, so my snow is not your snow. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous out here. I think last night it was like 22 degrees, which uh, my girlfriend's actually going to doctorate school in Arizona, so we've been spending a lot of time in Arizona right now, and uh, I'm supposed to be there right now, but... With Black Friday sales and stuff, I came back to uh, kind of help out at the shop. So hopefully we can catch up soon and then I get to go back out there and enjoy the sunshine and not sit in the middle of the snowstorms. Yeah, I mean, that's quite the the difference, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I actually, I lived out there like five years ago. Um, so I'm pretty familiar with uh, the area and things like that. So it's, What area? Uh, right now we're downtown Phoenix. When I lived okay. out there before, I lived like Glendale, Phoenix, and Scottsdale. Okay, because I know like Flagstaff is, you know, high elevation, so that's beautiful. I love it there. Yeah, Flagstaff's nice. Um, I've been up there a few times, and we've been on hikes and things like that up in the mountains, and 
uh, it's uh, definitely can get cold out there. I, I wasn't aware of that the first time I went out there and I just brought like, you know, regular clothes, didn't bring any hoodies Oops. or anything. Yeah, that wasn't the smartest decision. Like it's pretty cold. <laughs> I'm no planning weather and all that type of stuff. Like I actually looked at Australia and I'm, I'm just kind of confused with what to do. It's like low sixties, high seventies. So I, I, yeah. I guess just shorts and a, you know, thin hoodie, I guess for me. But. Right. There's probably a lot of like, there's a lot of coast out there too. I don't really know much about Australia. So we probably get some cold breeze too off the yeah. coast. Mm -hmm. I'll yeah. Try and, I'll try and do better. Well, look at us <laughs> talking about the weather. Talk about right. small talk. Let's get yeah. into it. <laughs> so you uh, just recently got promoted to pro this season. It was quite a journey for you, Austin. Talk to us about it. Yeah, um, been definitely trying to fight back for quite some time. Uh, I ended up falling out uh, the season me and Rob Bojanov played together. Both really good players, just for whatever reason. You know, in doubles, we just couldn't mix, and we ended up not finishing inside the qualifications there. I, uh, I struggled in singles all year that year. We were really big, busy with the bags at the time, and trying to manage both just really got the best of my, my playing ability. And so... I think that kind of hurt me and Rob's chances as well because I wasn't playing well. So that was putting more pressure on him. Um, so just a combination of, you know, a lot of things that season that, that you know, dropped me out originally. And uh, we tried to get back in with me and Mike when he came back off of his shoulder injury. Didn't end up getting back in. We both got into PDC. Uh, and then, you know, it was PDC last year was a grind. You know, it wasn't like a lot of the previous seasons you know nothing against those players but like i feel last year the pdc was pretty deep um and trying to get out of a bracket i mean there was times where i was throwing tens and losing games in the pdc and i'm just like i i don't i don't know if i'm ever gonna get back in <laughs> you know that that'll drive you nuts you're in the pdc you throw a 10-4 and like the one game i think i threw a 10-4 and scored four or five points and i'm like i'm, I'm not even in the bracket yet <laughs> what is happening yeah i think there's like three or four times where you came up to me you're like man i'm throwing lights out and i just can't get a win it's stupid yeah like it was, it was tough man and luckily i made it out of three brackets um i made it out of the the, the first three and ended up losing the the uh, fourth one in worlds by one point so if i got in by, of either of those i would have been in pro already yeah and then in the last chance qualifier i won my first five games. I was five and one going in my last game against Hunter Thorson. I was up 17 to three and ended up losing 21, 20. I think, I think he made 27 out of 28 to finish the game. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So <laughs> of course. Games, you know, that I lost by one point. If I win any of those, I was in the bid already. And then the application process comes out. I'm like, okay, there's 10 applicants. I'm probably not getting in. Like there was a lot of people that didn't, get in that had solid resumes so i'm like man like i'm probably gonna be on the outside looking in on, on this one and sure enough i come back at number 11 out of <laughs> <That's our laughs> like this is crazy email like somebody's got to be messing with me at this point you know but I, I mean last season was honestly my best statistical season I, I i played as well as i could i feel like um you know there was multiple times through the pdc brackets where i was averaging a 10 or a nine, nine, you know, very well. I, I, once I got into the brackets, I played good. Um, I beat some big names in the main brackets when I was, when I was in them and uh, feel like I showed I could play, you know, which I think was a lot of the concern because the year prior I was so focused on the business and kill shots. Right. 
it's tough to manage both. So they're like, okay, let's put him in PDC, see how he does and how he manages the time with trying to manage kill shots and actually play as a pro. And um, I feel like I did a pretty good job representing that. And then uh, me and Ethan Walker were able to play on TV a couple times. And I had the highest PPR in the one match. And the other one, I think I was like second or something like that. I think I averaged a little over a nine, which for my first two times on TV, I'm 100% cool with that. Because obviously it's a whole different animal once you get out there under the lights and things. But uh, for the whole season, I think through the third or fourth national, me and Ethan Walker had the best record in pro teams. So I think a lot of those things, you know, they took into consideration when they were doing the application process. And I think that's why I was so close to being on the edge there. Um, and then luckily now uh, somebody had just dropped out and I got the call up. Josh Cat called me last week and we're back in. So awesome. <laughs> what a journey. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Man, I just have to say, you know, you said, I think I'm doing pretty good for having both. Like, there's the, hardly anybody that can do both. I mean, I, I know that I can't speak for Wally, but I know I was nowhere near your talent. But even the talent that I had diminished like in half when I started working in the business of Cornhole. And I don't right. think I'm alone in that. It's so difficult to do both. So so kudos to you for for managing them. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's uh it's weird because it takes it takes some of the fun out. You know, it's not like now and now it's a little bit better, but like especially originally when I go to cornhole tournaments, it's still work and it takes the enjoyment out of the playing side of the game. And I think a lot of recently what's been happening is like getting back in. Now I feel enjoyment. And like I was talking to Wally at Badgerland when we played there, it was that was the first time I've had fun at a cornhole tournament in years. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really. That's one thing that's been that helping point, me. I thought I was retired. You know, I hadn't yeah. touched a bag in six weeks. Yeah, that's one thing that's been helping me is I've just been able to let loose and have fun with it. So, I mean, what kind of changed, though? Did your did your staff kind of, you know, pick up the pace a little bit as far as what they need to do to kind of cover your end of it? Or yeah, did you just kind had, of adapt along? We, we hired uh, new production management. Um, so, like, that helped tremendously. We're getting more output with less employees. And I also hired a back office. So we have five guys in the back office that I was essentially doing all of their jobs. So wow. I had people doing the one thing I was doing or, you know, hundreds of things I was doing, but the one job that I was doing, um, you know, I have five huge. people managing all that now. So it's, it's freed up a lot of my time to be able to actually, you know, step back out and be the face of the brand again, instead of just being so consumed by everything that, you know, happens in here. Yeah, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and thinking they're going to have more freedom, but you have so much less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, you know, it, it is wild. You you work a hundred hours a week, so you don't have to work forty for somebody else. Right? <laughs> that's right. exactly that's it. How I live my life, you know. <laughs> is that like what you always saw? Not necessarily in cornhole, but like, did you always see yourself being some kind of business owner? Yeah, so I started my first company when I was seventeen. So I don't know if a lot of people know that or not, but I had started that when I was 17 and I, I ran that company up until I was 23. And then um, I got into a interesting business agreement, ended up losing that company. And then uh, I had to go work corporate for a couple of years and I I couldn't stand it. I, I didn't like having to answer to other people. And I went from, you know, having all this freedom for seven years, you know, obviously it's a lot of work, but it's still, I can work when I want to, if I want to work, you know, one in the afternoon to five in the morning, I can. And then going into a corporate world where it's super, super structured, it was just a little bit of culture shock for me, I would say. 
Yeah, I'll never I, forget whenever I worked for myself and then went back to work and like I had to actually clock in on a time clock. I'm like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> you don't need to know where I am. Leave me right. alone. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I went to lunch too long. <laughs> yeah, we're, I, we're fine. All right, we're going to take a quick break and come back with more right after this. So Austin, I'm curious, uh, you mentioned you started your first business at 17. What was that business? So um, originally I was working for a startup clothing line. It was a streetwear clothing company. I started doing that when I was 14. Uh, one of my mentors, Kenny Baker, he had got me into that and I was doing graphic design with him. And that ended up uh, eventually leading to me starting a company that was going to be alongside of it. And we did uh, custom socks. And so it was like elite socks back when that was like super popular in 2011, 2012, 2013. Um, it was like the Nike, Nike crew socks where people would customize them. And so I did that for several years, but we were, we ended up uh, at one point, we were the fourth or fifth largest manufacturer in the U S um, around the time I was like 20. And um, so we were working like pro athletes, celebrities, uh, tons of big name players and, and that was, you know, it was an enjoyable experience for sure. I got to uh, learn a lot during that and um, meet a lot of cool people. I hung out with a lot of, like I said, you know, pro athletes that we were going to parties or after parties or whatever, at, you know, a ton of random events. We made stuff for uh, like Travis Scott, the rapper, um, Devin Booker plays for the Suns. Um, he, he had got some socks when he was in high school. And so I got to hang out with him when he got, he was getting recruited by Michigan at the time. And so when he had his recruiting visit, I got to hang out with them during that. Um, it's just a handful of, you know, really, really cool people and, and uh, obviously high profile people, but you know, for the most part, they're uh, actually genuinely good people as well. So that was even, even more fun about it. Oh, Man's over here name dropping some celebrities, Mish. <laughs> <laughs> Where are these celebrities now? We need them for the Super Bowl. Come on, Austin. Dude, I, dude, I've tried. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of sticking, speaking of name dropping, sorry. Uh, Ryan Windsor and Matthew Creek Killer, two studs so far this year. Windsor's just on an absolute tear, and then Creek Killer never would have thought it. The social media, you know, yeah, what are right now? He's question mark. He's out here putting out some TikToks <laughs> right now, man. Talk about your. Yeah, basically all in on two guys. Talk about that. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely all in there. Um, so Creek Killer, I am not sure what got into that kid, but uh, I some of the stuff he sends me, I'm like, what did you even think? Like, where did this come from? <laughs> like, green <laughs> board in front of a board in the middle of the board, and then your and two and stuff. Like, I don't know. Uh, the penguin and two that he hit was insane. I mean, th but it's uh, definitely good for the brand. It's getting a lot of traction. There's a lot of views, but I mean, if he ever hits anything close to what these videos have been on actual broadcast, I mean, that might be shot of the year for three years in a row. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're, uh, they, I mean, they've definitely been, been killing it. It's been great uh, so far with the signing of those two. Um, Windsor obviously seems like he's back to prime Ryan Windsor form. Um, and that's kind of what we were hoping. Windsor's been one of my really good friends for a long time. Um, I've always hoped at some point we could get Ryan Windsor on the team. It just never lined up. And for whatever reason, this season, all the stars aligned like they needed to. And, uh, you know, we're 
we're back back here now together throwing the same bags and i'm on his team for the third year in a row in pro teams so uh, we may even be thrown together in in pro teams this season depending on how the lineups shake up i was gonna so. say that's the cool. rumor it's a rumor that i started that you said you know if you put me on your team i'll sign you next year <laughs> <laughs> figure it out no and that's yeah. that's unique right like some of the other uh bad companies have big teams um so what made you go for this strategy um we really haven't done really big sponsorships over the last few seasons uh we had kyle and dalton um and that was right before things really got crazy with the financials of what players are looking for um and it seemed like the season after that i think with matt and jamie at fire and how that yeah, kind of i don't even think that kyle and dalton are really a big signing for you they just did well for you you know right. what I mean? yeah yeah and they were compensated well for that after the fact, but like in the original agreements, I mean, no, it was nothing like what today's looks like. You know, obviously at the time yeah. I had just started, I couldn't have done anything like that. Yeah. And, you know, we got lucky with them. They they obviously went out and won back-to-back -back nationals, got third at Worlds. And um, that was, you know, a huge deal for us as a, a brand new company, put us on the map. And, um, you know, we had them that next season, unfortunately they didn't do as well there. And then the following season, we were still just kind of on a, growth path and i didn't feel that we really needed as much firepower in the pro division and we signed some mid-tier players we didn't sign any big big sponsorships but um you know now it's been a few years removed since we had a consistent powerhouse team and i'm like man i think we could make another splash in the in the pro division um we kind of let the industry breathe for a little while because for a while there we were all over the place all the time and now i felt like it would be good to uh you know try to make a little bit of a comeback in the pro division we still sell more bags now than we did you know then uh, it's just not as much in the pro division in the competitive market you know it's a lot of like more backyard players and things like that and i think that was kind of a gap that we were missing it's like okay i need to really go back and attack the pro side of the game because if we can mesh these two together you mm -hmm. know selling a lot of you know, bags to people that aren't necessarily at the highest level. And then now getting like a Ryan Windsor and a Creek Killer and kind of getting back into the, the competitive side of heavy, I think that um, it'll be a really good business decision by the end of the season. Yeah, I was actually just talking about that with my husband. It's like, you know, a lot of these bag companies, you focus on repeat customers, that's your easiest sale always. But how, what bag companies are actually going after the newer you know, beginner type players because right. you're getting a f new customer versus a repeat customer. But right. is that kind of what you were focusing on? Um, yeah, I mean, for the yeah, we 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 do a, a lot of different style marketing, um, and we always have. I mean, I think a lot of that comes from just like the background that I have and and different businesses that aren't cornhole related. You know, so I kind of approach business overall in Cornell a lot differently than some of the companies that are out there. Like we were one of the first ones to really bring like streetwear culture design to Cornell. And that comes from, you know, the businesses I had prior to this. And um, yeah, definitely, you know, anytime we can get some new players that haven't ever thrown a Cornhole bag, if we can attack those players and market to those players and get those guys on board right away, if they like our bags, typically in this, this industry, you have a ton of brand loyalty. Yeah, you know, and so that's that's where we would definitely want to go. And I feel like you said with Creek Killers videos, you know, he's getting hundreds of thousands of views on those things. If somebody's never seen Cornhole before, yeah. and that's the first thing they see, um, definitely it would be beneficial for them to, you know, see kill shots right away when they're seeing something like that. 
Yeah, I like it. So uh, what, what's next for Austin Renard, man? we got a few minutes left. Do you, How many businesses are you up to now and how many more do you want? Um, <laughs> do you want to sleep? <laughs> I I do want to sleep. <laughs> I also enjoy what I do, you know, so it's uh, I, I have a few different companies at this point. Um, golf simulator business. I'm a silent partner and a couple other things. We do some real estate. Uh, we had flipped an apartment complex last last year. Um, so I'm in a handful of different different things. Um, as far as moving forward in the next 12 months, I, I really see myself just kind of focusing more so um, on things around here at Kill Shots and making sure that we can stay established and, and do everything we can to market around Ryan Windsor and Matthew Creek Killer. And hopefully me and Michael can make a uh, good run this season. Um, finally back with my guy. So we've been fighting to get back playing together and we wanted to give it one good go. If we don't qualify this season, I, I don't know if I'll play next year. But, um, you know, there's just a lot of things going on. But I really do want to take it very serious with Mike this year. We got the opportunity we wanted. Um, so I, I see myself practicing a lot and uh, really trying to make a, make some noise with Mike this season. My, my one thing that I haven't done in Cornhole yet, I've done pretty much everything I set out to do in Cornhole. I wanted to play on TV, done that. Wanted to win some big events, I've done that. Got to play with Mike for a pro season. Who was the person that showed me how to play cornhole. Done that. You know, there's a lot of the, the things that I, I set out in the original to do, and those are all done. The one thing I haven't done is played with Mike on a TV appearance. And Got so it. we've been very close several times. The last national tournament we actually played in together, we lost to Matt and Jamie right when they got signed by fire. We were up 20 to 13 to, to get to the king seat. And I shanked a bag off the side like three rounds before the game was over. If I would have put that bag on, we would have won. Obviously, I didn't oh. know that at the time. But, um, yeah, so that one still haunts me. Like, that's the last national event me and Mike have played in together is we were we were beating Matt and Jamie 20-13 to 13 and ended up losing because I messed it up. So I haven't had a chance to redeem myself from that yet. Um, but here we are three seasons later now – me and me and Mike get a chance to to really make some noise. So hopefully, um, we can make a TV appearance. And if I yeah. do that, I'm I'm pretty happy and content with my my playing career if it ends at that point. So you gotta put, <laughs> those, high. put those canine Wolverines to work, man. It increases your PPR. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, honestly, the, the Wolverines have increased my PPR like a good half to. 0.75. Uh, there you uh, go. PPR. I haven't been throwing at all, and my PPR went almost a point higher. It tells you I the love it. definitely. The awesome. Hey, we we would love to talk to you all day. You're you got such an interesting story, Austin. Unfortunately, we're out of time. So thank you so much for joining us, and everyone, go check out Kill Shots, check out the Wolverines, and uh, check out Austin potentially making TV, TV and fulfilling his goal with Mike. So uh, good luck this year. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Right, Absolutely. What an awesome interview with Austin. It was so fun to get to know more about him. And we got to get to know him a little bit deeper off air too. So really, really interesting story. Got a lot of respect for him. Yeah, I've always had good conversations with him face-to-face. -face, and it's kind of cool when he opens up like that because there's a lot there. There's a lot there. There's a lot there that we could all learn from for sure. Yep.
Speaking of learning, we're going to do a mindset with Mies, uh, Mies. Mies is, I don't know her. <laughs> she seems cool though. Um, no. <laughs> so you had brought up seasonal depression. Yeah. Um, which it's so funny because I love the cold. So this is something like my seasonal depression is summer. I'm like, God damn it. It's so hot. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> I think it's so easy to fall into a rut because it's colder outside, which makes your blanket warmer. So whenever yeah. you're under the covers, you get lazier. <laughs> and then you spend more money because of Thanksgiving and the holidays, Christmas, New Year's, stuff like that. So it's just all these things just start kind of dwindling down the productivity for me. <laughs> well, the first thing to uh, talk about depression, I just want to kind of, I guess, maybe reframe it for some people. And so um, I have a little graphic here. This is what we call the polyvagal ladder. Um, and it talks about the various states. So if you're on your, um, if you're listening to the audio version, just, you know, there's a visual for this, but Basically, if you look over at the bottom of the ladder, it's our dorsal vagal state. That is the uh, disconnection, depression, exhaustion, just want to curl up in a ball. Um, and there's obviously various phases of this. So you could be like into complete shutdown and collapse, or you could just be like, I'm a little, you know, feeling not very motivated. Um, but essentially, while your question is the way that I'm perceiving it is how do I get out of the dorsal vagal state? Cause yeah. that's what I'm in. And, and then we'll talk about what triggers that. Um, and the way this ladder works is like a ladder. So you you do have to climb through the various nervous system states to get to ventral vagal, which is our, you know, feeling and flow and motivated and calm and at ease and present and all that. And on the way to get there is the sympathetic fight or flight mobilizing part of the nervous system, which is where a lot of times there's fear and anxiety and worry and a lot of that like can't sit still type feeling. Um, so if we're talking about going from the bottom of the ladder or even the middle of the ladder, if you're more in that sympathetic state, um, just know that you're going to be traveling up through these states. And then also the one thing I wanted to mention was the triggers. So um, we have something called the window of tolerance. And uh, you can see at the top of this is the sympathetic and at the bottom of this is the parasympathetic or that's also the dorsal vagal. Um, and then you see the dark blue portion. This is our window of tolerance. And so we, if, if we had a nice big window of tolerance, then as things occur, like, oh, it's cold or, oh, somebody cut me off on the freeway or um, whatever happens, you'll kind of just navigate through this window. But it, you won't really go into the sympathetic or parasympathetic for very long because you have a nice, healthy window of tolerance to handle these situations. But then... For a lot of us, we're more like this, where you can see the window of tolerance is really small. And this could be triggered by seasons. This could be triggered yeah. by trauma. This could be triggered by things happening in your life to where now these little things and you notice you're all the way up in hyper arousal, sympathetic, anxiety, panic, restlessness, or you're all the way down in hypo arousal, parasympathetic, shutdown, depression, numb, what, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think it's nice to have these visuals because then you kind of have better language. So if you're lying on your couch, you don't feel like moving instead of saying like, man, I have depression. You could be like, wow, I'm really in that dorsal bagel right now. Um, and also it's because my window of tolerance is small. <laughs> so yeah. it helps to have better language to understand yourself. Um, and then if we need to get out of dorsal bagel, the key is mobilization, but, um, because like I said, you have to go through sympathetic to get to ventral vagal. But the last thing that you feel inclined to do is mobilization because you have no mobilizing energy. So the good news about that is that you can um, 
use your mind in creative ways. You can think about moving. <laughs> you could even just kind of participate it in your mind just to get the sort of mobilizing energy going. And then you pick the easiest movements. It can be stretching. It can be um, standing, like literally the least amount of um, like resistance types of activities. The last thing you'd want to do is be like, I need to get up and go for a run. I need to get up and yeah. go for a walk. Let's Overdo do yourself. Something. I have to yeah, go to the you... gym for 45 minutes to get started. It's like, I could fully validate this because um, on Saturday, or maybe it would have been Sunday. It was Sunday because I was hung over Saturday for the first time in forever. I went out <laughs> and uh, we were actually playing trivia night at the bar and you just got crazy. Love it. We were betting shots and I suck As you should. Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> Sunday, I didn't feel like doing anything, but I had to take a package back to Amazon and just going out Sunday, getting outside, driving the car, returning the package. It, it triggered something in me to do the rest of the thing. So I started, yes. we started back on the projects, finishing the totes and things like that. Yes. The key is mobilization. And then um, you would then uh, be able to get the body into some kind of mobilizing. And then if you can move into sympathetic, you you might notice that now you're feeling a little bit anxious and you might have too much sympathetic energy kind of coursing through the body where you feel kind of restless. And that's when you really want to go into um, higher levels of mobilization. Um, that was actually my trigger for buying the Peloton earlier this year was because I'd be laying on the couch at the end of the day trying to relax and I could feel anxious energy surging through my body. And I was like, why can't, like, I couldn't, it's not like I was like fidgeting necessarily, but I wanted to be. I had all this uncomfortable energy and it wasn't like energy like to go fun and go and do something fun. Like it wasn't that. It was like a, not a good type of energy. Yeah. We're not necessarily trying to avoid the triggers. Like for me, one of my triggers right now is finances. Like with the holidays coming up, I just don't want to go Christmas shop. I don't want to spend any money. I realize that I'm kind of less financially secure than I was two months ago. So for me, it's like not necessarily avoid having the trigger, but just do something to kind of manage it and process it a little bit better and understand it, I guess, as far as like what I need to do to get out of it. I would actually allow the feeling around the money to actually play through to be so like the if it's fear or um, scarcity, um, I would actually fully dive into those feelings because emotions are like waves. And so we have to actually let them come like so nervous system regulation is not about avoiding states. It's about noticing the state that's happening in the moment and allowing it to actually play through so you actually discharge the energy. Just like an animal when it's running from a bear and then it escapes and then it shakes all the energy off and then it goes back to its day. So it's completing the full circle of the nervous system process. So it's like okay. if money is a trigger to either shut down or create anxiety and fear, you have to actually let that play through. So whether that's journaling, screaming, crying, talking to someone, co-regulation with pets or people or being in social settings, um, like let it play out and then you move towards mobilization to move yourself to the ventral vagal. But the most important thing is to actually go through it, to be like, I'm feeling anxious about money. This is why. This is about this. I, and then body sensations. I can feel the te the tension in my chest. I can feel my heart beating faster. I can feel heat spreading through my neck. I feel like yeah. it's hard to breathe. Like you have to actually go body sensations, thoughts, let it all play through, and then do something mobilizing to discharge all the stuff that you're feeling.
Yeah. So standing up in the middle of the room, scratching your head and just kind of staring at everything <laughs> part of the process. Yeah. Or, or sh- yeah, exactly. That is moving. And then I bet yeah. shaking is even more effective, like literally yeah. just like shaking as vigorously as you can and, um, you know, getting the energy out. That's what the animals do naturally. Um, so it just feels a little funny, but like, I'll like, and then I'll sometimes what's really, if I, especially if I have anger, it's I shake and I scream. <laughs> it's like it's very animalistic but i gotta get it out like i need i just feel like scre- i don't actually want to scream because i feel weird but i have it all pent up and i gotta get it out so i'll just like jump up and down shake and scream like a crazy person it's like get it out of my body i don't want it in here anymore um so you know but crying is very effective as well um that's a big release and that's actually some signs that you're moving through different nervous system states will be like yawning sighing sometimes crying um, that's like your nervous system kind of moving through. Um, so some things you can look out for. So I hope that helps everybody. Hopefully it helps you, Wally. Um, we'll take a break and come back with the game right after this. It's game time. All right. We're starting with the top floor bagger and four bagger of the week. What do you have for floor bagger? Floor as in? Floor. Floor. Uh, Black Friday shopping. It has ruined what? our traditions. Like for oh, us, okay. uh, we'd always basically kind of split the families. This group of families on Thursday. This group of families on Friday. Got and it. We would always have game night and just kind of playing um, the cards against humanity with the kiddo and uh, her boyfriend and my family. It was just kind of like, man, I really miss the traditions we used to have. And uh, it it doesn't look like it's as fun as it used to be for people even going anymore. You know, oh. I, I saw a TikTok for like 2000 back whenever black Friday yeah. first came a thing and people were knocking over barricades. Oh and yeah. There's a thing fighting over TVs. Waking I mean, up at 4am. Tickle me. <laughs> Elmo cause fights in the stores. <laughs> if you don't remember, Oh my goodness. You guys missed I out. I do remember that. And now it's just kind of like, you know, you go there for something that's six ninety nine ninety nine, And then two days ago it was, Six ninety nine ninety nine, but we marked it up so we can mark it back down again. It's like the stores <laughs> are trying to hustle us. It's not the same as it used to be. Cyber Monday's where it's at. Okay, I, I like. I think that's a a, a cold take. <laughs> <laughs> my floor bagger is my neck. So Monday, I was doing this workout with this crazy Peloton chick who had us doing like seven thousand reps on our like forearm. I'm exaggerating, but we're you were on our forearm in a side plank. And we mm-hmm. kept like doing things in that position. So like you have to hold your body up for like all these various things. And I messed up my neck. And then I like the next day, which was, oh no, it was the day before Thanksgiving. Because the next day then I tried to do like a regular yoga practice. And I was like, doing okay, doing okay. I went to do like a chaturanga and I was all, and I was like, oh no. So then I was just like done. And so I've been in pain. Um, it's finally better, but that was my floor bagger. Like early, I mean, whenever I tried to do yoga, like I didn't know the positions or the poses. So like I'm on the ground and then my TV's up. So like I'm trying to like, do <laughs> you're making it up. worse. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just so bad. Like early. Oh man. All right. I, four bagger. My top four bagger kind of goes right into what you just said. And I said it a second ago too. We don't realize what days it are days. It is on Thanksgiving holiday <laughs> because Thanksgiving weekend is amazing. Like Thanksgiving itself actually requires a little bit of work Yeah. and black Friday to each their own. You guys do what you want to do. If you want to shop, you want to relax. But then like that Saturday and Sunday after Thanksgiving where everything's pretty much already cleaned up because you clean when the family left and you don't really have anything to do. You could take two naps in the day. Nobody judges you. You do as you please. (laughs) Like that weekend for me is the top four bagger. 
I love it. Um, mine's actually kind of the opposite of your four bagger. All my holiday shopping is done. <laughs> my four bagger is I'm done. And I did it on Black Friday online. Um, and then, online, that's different. Yeah, online. I won't go. Yeah, I won't leave the house on Black Friday. And I told you I watch Christmas movies all day and yeah. uh, did all my online shopping and Christmas gifts are not going to be. Now it's the fun part. They all start coming in. You know, they all get delivered and uh, some of them already have. And um, we make our gifts every year for our friends. And so we get to start putting those together. And yeah, I'm happy it's done. Good job. I haven't even thought that process yet. I'll probably just get like kids <laughs> from Australia or something for everyone. Everybody gets Why a not? this year. All right, send it or board it. All right, um, send it or board it. Speaking of Australia, take at least a half day when you're on vacation and do nothing if you want. Just chill. Oh, you mean like in the hotel or like at an... an yeah? yeah no, I, I do. Full send. I do Full it. Send? Okay. Full send. <laughs> Absolutely. Get, it's easy best. to get overwhelmed and feel like you have to go do something because you're on vacation. No. And you won't be there very often or ever again. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I just kind of just... I, I'm hoping... Like we went to Vegas for one of the nationals last year and the Mandalay Bay had a super deep jacuzzi tub and it filled up within like 45 seconds. And it was the best time of my life. That's my favorite thing when they have yeah. the bathtubs are always so sucky. They're always shallow. Yes. I am not a large person and I don't fit in them. But if a hotel room has a bathtub, I will be in that at least twice in the same in the same day. Absolutely. My first of all, I don't have a bathtub in my home. So I have a hot tub, but on a bathtub. So full send. Absolutely. Right. Mine's at home workouts. Oof. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to board it. Really? Yes. Um, oh, I love it. Back to what we just talked about in the mindset with Mish. Um, <laughs> if I work out here at home, I don't get the same type of motivation, but actually going to the gym, I feel like I actually push myself a little bit harder. Whereas here, you know, if I'm at the gym, I could take like a 30 second break, get back into it. Where if I'm here at home, like I'll walk upstairs, I'll come back downstairs, I'll walk outside. Like my breaks get a little bit longer. And I'll feel what, like what, I'm okay, but what if it's guided? Like, so to be clear, at home workouts, like I still am doing Peloton, like it's still someone still guiding me. Like I'd have to hit pause to like leave the room. I guess I'd have to be in that situation, but I'll, I'll say okay. board it just for my motivation. I'm so what's I'm the opposite. So like if I had to get dressed and go somewhere to work out, I would never do it. Uh, so yeah. the fact that I literally roll out of bed at 6 a.m. after my eyes have been open for about two minutes and in my pajamas work out in here is like every it's it's not even hard to do it. I absolutely <laughs> love working out at home. It's my favorite thing. Um, I get really annoyed when people interrupt me though, like the dogs, the kid, yeah. the husband, like leave me, like Nick will come in and start talking to me. I'm like, does it look like I am not busy? This is, <laughs> this is my moment. <laughs> uh, would you rather, we'll, we'll go pretty quickly here. What you got? All right. Would you rather, um, so Wednesday before pre-Thanksgiving tournament, I got asked to play by Dave Sutton uh, okay. in a tournament. So we went and went, we won the whole thing. And I, I did well. I didn't mention this in my bragging segment, but I look like I belonged until the finals. And then, oh. <laughs> of, course, of course, the one game that's on stream is whenever I did not look good. Absolutely. But uh, would you rather win a big tournament with a pro or win a small blind draw with a person who's never won before? Oh, no. I would so much rather. Yeah, the person's never won before. That's the best. It, like, literally changes their life. Mm -hmm. I just hit my microphone. I got so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's so fun. I mean, winning with the pros great, but that means yeah. I'm the weaker link, and they're like, I'm glad we got through that. 
<laughs> it was great to be asked by Dave. Um, I was going to go. I asked my buddy to play, and I apologize, Ricky Wyman, because I asked him to play. Dave messaged me two seconds later, and it was like a whole pick Ricky up, go get Ricky. Like, it was a process to play with Ricky. Yeah, it's a to-do. And, to then, do. and yeah. then, like, he got excited, and then by the time he read the messages, I was playing with Dave. It was like an hour later, so <laughs> I felt terrible. But, Oops. you know, you don't, I don't get asked to play by pros that much, so I want to do something for myself. And we won the whole yes. thing. It was a blast. But That's awesome. Yeah. All right, mine is uh, you're coming in town this weekend. So for Saturday, uh, we can go to Stephanie's house. She every year she does uh, like some snacks and drinks at her house, and then we go watch the light parade in Paradise, where uh, we used to live. Or we can do something here in town. There's no cornhole on Saturday, but what do you think? I'm I'm gonna go ahead and go with uh, Stephanie's house. That sounds kind of cool to actually have a reason to do stuff. Um, yeah, I, I don't get to do that here, so I mean that'd be okay. that'd be a nice little fun gathering um yeah she she parks script, she, she, she goes and parks her car so that we have a spot to watch the light parade and then we can just you know head over there we have somewhere to sit and hang out it's cold uh so you might need to borrow some more clothes if you don't have warm clothes packed um but uh it'll be it'll be it'll be cold it's like um i don't even know what a light parade is so cool oh it's like businesses uh decorate their cars and like christmas lights and then they come through and then they get voted on for like who has the best one and um, it's pretty cool and then they pass sometimes they throw out like candy and stuff but uh yeah it's it's fun and uh it's more just about like the tradition of doing it and we used to watch yeah, it in this bar in paradise you could sit at the window and be inside drinking and warm and then that everything obviously shut down with the fire but yeah, that's what i feel like i was missing from black friday so okay well so, there you go then it's done i'll let her know you're coming all right. <laughs> all right, guys. That's all we have time for. Uh, we'll see you guys all next time.